0: Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of travelpulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Windstar Cruises. As you pin down your New Year's resolutions, make 2024 the year of extraordinary experiences with Windstar Cruises. Sail on board their boutique all suite yachts or iconic sailboats to the picturesque corners of Europe, the Caribbean, Tahiti, and beyond. Immerse yourself in port intensive itineraries, exceptional service, and an innovative culinary program curated by the official cruise line of the James Beard Foundation. For a voyage that's not just a journey, but a masterpiece like no other, choose Winstar Cruises. Contact your travel advisor today or visit WinstarCruises.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, December 5th. Happy Travel Tuesday and happy National Bathtub Party Day? <laughs> These national days, I swear. Oh, jeez. Whatever, though. Go enjoy a nice hot bath. Soak it in. Literally a nice relaxing bath though. Sounds, sounds nice, you know. You deserve it. It has been a long year. Happy December everyone. I hope you have some splendid travel plans coming up soon or and that you give and get the gift of travel this holiday season. So, we've got a fun show for you today. Joining me later on in the broadcast is Chris Praylog, president of Windstar Cruises. We'll discuss the latest with Windstar Cruises and how he became known as Mr. Tahiti. So more on that later, but first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the podcast, We're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with mergers and acquisitions news. Alaska Air Group announced plans to acquire Hawaiian Holdings, which owns Hawaiian Airlines, for $1.9 billion, including $900 million in debt. This new merger between the two major West Coast carriers is destined to draw the attention of U.S. antitrust enforcers who have vowed to crack down on airline consolidation to prevent monopolization and protect the competitive landscape and, by extension, consumers. So big news there in the air travel space is another merger potentially happening. Um, After all, you know, you look at the the competitive landscape here, it's 80% of the U.S. aviation sector is already controlled by the big four. This merger would result in Alaska and Hawaiian Airlines controlling more than 50% of the market, though, for flights to Hawaii, one of the world's most popular tourism destinations, as we know. So it's truly going to be interesting to see how that one plays out with everything there. And meanwhile, in the other merger big news of the air travel industry, we know it's been going on all year, Spirit and JetBlue. So the Department of Justice is still in the midst of a lawsuit there that aims to block the JetBlue proposed $3.8 billion acquisition of Spirit Airlines. Man, so much money. So much money and all these billions out here. Uh, closing arguments though in all this in this case though are expected to be heard today in federal court. So if this merger is allowed to go through, JetBlue would become the fifth largest airline in the nation behind American, United, Delta, and Southwest Is the big four, as I mentioned. So... It's going to be interesting to see how all this goes down in the coming months for Alaska and Hawaii and Spirit and JetBlue and everything. And we'll know more by the end of today for those. But uh, so be sure to check back on TravelPulse.com for the latest on Spirit and JetBlue. And I'll definitely talk about it on next week's podcast, depending on what the news happens on that front. Uh, I think both of these deals are good for the travel industry, though. Mergers and acquisitions have shaped the industry so much, and they're going to continue to happen in the coming years all over the industry. It's business. And I think these will be good. So uh, certainly interesting to see you know, what happens in the Alaska-Hawaii front uh, on that one. Let me know your thoughts on all of this latest big merger news in the air travel space. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email. Love to hear from all of you out there. So sticking with air travel news, we've got a new report from the New York Times diving into uh, the air traffic controllers and the stress on the job. It's a pretty scathing report, some allegedly under the influence of alcohol or legal substances while on the job. There were also instances of many air traffic controllers falling asleep While at work, many air traffic controllers are fatigued and overworked from having to work mandatory overtime due to short staff situations. That mandatory overtime includes working 10 hour shifts, six days a week. The report said that the one air traffic controller showed up to work drunk. Another would smoke marijuana on breaks and joked about being high at work while still being paid to be high at work. As many as 77% of facilities that need air traffic controllers are understaffed, according to the report. This could potentially, you know, kind of explain the overwhelming amount of near misses and close calls at airports uh, that prompted the FAA to call for an emergency meeting of nearly 100 airports earlier this summer. In response to the article, the FAA called the New York Times report not reflective of the overall high safety standards that exist throughout the national airspace. The Air Traffic Controllers Union responded by saying the article does not portray the professionalism and skill with which the air traffic controllers display under stressful circumstances. So, either way here, it's, it's just, it's not a good look for the air, uh, air travel industry. really feel for the air traffic controllers too. You know, while the FAA did say that they met their goal of hiring 1500 air traffic controllers, you know, the job is intense. The hours are long. The pay is probably not what they would want it to be. And it's still, it's, it's a high paying job, but you know, it's a high stressful job as well. So the industry is still short-staffed on it. So it definitely needs to be improved in 2024. In other air travel news, The National Park Service, developed in partnership with the FAA, has revealed some new rules that will soon put limitations on commercial plane and helicopter tours that fly over national parks and monuments. Perhaps the most severe restrictions are being put in place at Mount Rushmore in the Badlands National Park in South Dakota, where all air tours will be required to remain at least one half mile from the park boundary or fly at an altitude of at least 5,000 feet when above the park. The National Park Service said in an announcement statement, these measures are designed to protect the park's natural and cultural resources, tribal sacred sites, and ceremonial areas, and visitor experience. It's a big hit to the vendors who fly around these areas, but at the same time, it's the right thing to do here. So speaking of national parks, we jump over to destination news there. And uh, do you want to visit the parks for free this year? Granted, most of them are free throughout the entire year, but some of them charge more. Some of the bigger ones, obviously. National Park Service revealed its 2024 free days for more than 400 parks will be available for free of charge to everyone on these specific days. January 15th is the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. That is a Monday in 2024. April 20th is the first day of National Park Week. That is a Saturday. June 19th, For Juneteenth, National Independence Day is a Wednesday in 2024. August 4th is the anniversary of the Great American Outdoors Act. That is a Thursday this next year. September 28th is National Public Lands Day. That is another Saturday. And then finally, November 11th for Veterans Day. And that is a Monday in 2024. The entrance fee waiver for approved days does not cover amenity or user fees for activities such as camping, boat launches, transportation, or special tours. Again, as I said earlier, most parks are free every day. Currently, there's only 109 of the 400 plus that have an entrance fee, but I love that the Park Service does this. Encourage people to get out if that's, you know, the entrance fee is holding anyone back at some of the bigger ones. Maybe plan things around this. Obviously, you know, uh, April 20th and September 28th probably be the busiest ones out there for the freebie ones because. Those are on Saturdays there. In other destination news, a new Bluey themed experience is coming to Australia. Opening in August 2024 in Brisbane, Australia, Bluey's World will allow travelers to journey through Bluey's home via life size sets, interactive activities, and a mesmerizing soundscape, all inspired by the most popular episodes. BBC Studios said Bluey's World is not just an experience, it's a celebration of the heartwarming moments that make Bluey so authentically Australian and that bring to life the joyful simplicity that can be found in families around the world. The Brisbane mayor said that Bluey is a homegrown Brisbane superstar who has captured the imagination of families worldwide. With an audience that spans more than 60 countries, Bluey's World is a unique and significant tourism offering that will draw people to our city from around the globe while giving residents more to see and do here in Brisbane. Get your dollar bucks ready, folks. This is going to be a hit. Uh, I would bust out an Australian accent if I were actually good at that, but anytime I start to try to do that, it just comes out as a British accent, so I'll spare all of you in this broadcast here. But Bluey, man, it's such an amazing show. As a dad here, I am beyond excited for this. I have a three-year-old, soon to be four, who absolutely loves Bluey as well, so this will be a fun one. Um, it's a fantastic show if you've never seen it. Give it a shot out there, even whether you have kids or not. Honestly, I think you'll find joy in it. They're only like eight minute episodes too. So quick and easy. Good for a good laugh and uh, heartwarming. It's going to be a big hit too. I think this is going to be really good for Brisbane as well. Uh, I'm ready for the Bluey movie whenever they they have that going. I'm sure it's it's inevitable. It's such a hit show. Um, Looks like I need to get to Brisbane next year though, 2024 for Bluey's World. Speaking of fun, immersive experiences for kids, Universal Resorts unveiled the name of their first ever theme park for kids. It'll be dubbed Universal Kids Resort straight to the point. Love it. It's going to be located in Frisco, Texas, and it's set to debut in 2026. The imaginative original resort will bring Universal's innovative style of storytelling to a new, younger audience. The property will include family-friendly attractions, interactive and playful shows, unique merchandise, fun food and beverage venues, and character meet and greets. Universal Kids Resorts will also include a 300-room themed hotel. So more information coming out later on all of that developments, but I cannot wait for this to sound so fun. I've got a, I'll have a six year old and a four year old by 2026 there. So we will definitely be at that. I love the concept too. And I think this can be a huge hit for Universal. Texas is a prime location for a big name brand like Universal. It's only gonna be about 30 minutes outside of Dallas Fort Worth International Airport too. So look out for that in 2026. And also in the Universal news as well, just today, probably like 20 minutes before I started recording here on the podcast, Universal announced that two new hotel properties to the Universal Orlando Hotel's portfolio, Universal Stella Nova Resort and Universal Terra Luna Resort, will each feature 750 guest rooms in the resort's prime value category, bringing the total number of guest rooms across the destination to 10,500. They're slated to open in early 2025 and will be located adjacent to the future site of the new Universal Epic Universe theme park, which will open at a later date in 2025. Universal Orlando's current theme parks and Universal CityWalk will be accessible from the new hotels via convenient and complimentary shuttles, Stella Nova and Terra Luna. Sounds fancy. Next to the new Epic Universe park. So you got to know this is going to be some elevated hotel experience here for Universal. I cannot wait. A lot of new things on the horizon for Universal, too. So it's going to be quite the decade for them coming up. Well, that wraps up what has been trending in travel, a little bit of it. You can always check out the news at TravelPulse.com and subscribe to our daily newsletter. Any additional thoughts on today's show, drop me an email, podcast at TravelPulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to our interview segment on the show. Set sail towards a year filled with unforgettable moments that are beyond ordinary. Indulge yourself with a Windstar cruise in 2024. Picture yourself on a boutique all-sweet yachts or envision sailing to enchanting destinations across Europe, the Caribbean, and beyond on a sailboat carrying 148 to 342 guests. Embark on an award-winning experience filled with culinary palate-pleasing delights on board and offshore. Take advantage of incredible offers now. Contact your travel advisor today or visit windstarcruises.com. And now joining me on the podcast is Chris Prelog, president of Windstar Cruises. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks so much for joining. Good
1: morning, Eric. Nice to meet you. And uh, thank you for having me on your show.
0: Yes, we're going to be talking a lot about Windstar Cruises here and getting some expert advice too from Chris here. So we'll dive right in. Um, Chris, when people hear Windstar, you know, you think sailboats in Tahiti. And I just learned recently at Cruise World, we talked about this. You are affectionately referred to as Mr. Tahiti by those who know you. So could you please share with us the story behind this title and your connection to Tahiti?
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Super. Um, Well, Tahiti and me, we go way back to my very early stages working in the cruise industry. I mean, by now it's 25 years ago. Um, You know, I joined as a crew member uh, at uh, the Star Legend, in fact, uh, a ship we are managing uh, now. Uh, 25 years ago. And you know, when you join as a crew member, you really, in the beginning it's, it's not easy, right? It's lots of work, um, lots of new learning. I was the first time leaving Austria, my hometown. Uh, I was already homesick and then I was seasick and then I, you know, had trouble um, communicating in English. So I sort of called my dad and said, look, I I don't think this is for me cruising uh, in the long run. I think I'm going to come home. And he just said, no, you gotta, you know, go do it. Uh, you can do it. And pushed me really hard on, on staying. I said, okay, I'm gonna do this. And, uh, the ship was scheduled to go to, to French Polynesia and Tahiti. I, said, yeah, I always wanted to see that place. I saw beautiful pictures and brochures and magazines at that time of Tahiti being such an amazing, uh, destination. So that, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to do that, uh, go there, and I'll make my long-term cruising decision in Tahiti at that time. Well, you can figure out now what I made, and I can only tell you if you want to do a really good decision, go to Tahiti and make it there, because chances are that it's going to be a very successful uh, uh, decision. But really, my love for Tahiti is really gotten uh, amplified with Minster, because it's Winston, even longer in Tahiti than I have known it. Uh now heading into thirty-six years and we've always had presence there. And when when I go to Tahiti now, first of all, to me, Tahiti starts in Tom Bradley uh LA terminal when I board the uh, Air Tahiti Nui flight because it's almost like you already in Tahiti, you have what Tahiti stands for, uh already on the plane from you know the the really, really friendly crew to the colors and so on. And then you arrive in Tahiti, it's just like, it feels to me at the moment already like coming home. So we are uh, really excited in February next year to welcome the star breeze in Tahiti. She's going to take over our year long departures in in French Polynesia. And the main spirit will leave Tahiti and sail towards Europe and so we have festivities planned and uh, local government and all our partners come uh, to join us on uh, february 4th on board the star breeze when she takes over all year tahiti cruises So that's a little bit the history since 36 years there. um, You know, I've always said to anyone on me, it is like, yeah, Tahiti, you should go like twice a year because it really makes you just so happy. (laughs) And so um, it's a, it's an amazing destination and can't rate uh, more about it. I just love being there.
0: It's on so many people's radar, you know, too. And everyone's uh, life list or bucket list, however you want to describe those. So shout out to your dad, shout out to dads out there. He, yeah, yeah, just exactly. see it, stuck it through, and, and here we are now. So that's that's amazing. Windstar has come a long way, though, since sailing in Tahiti more than 26 years ago, and it's uh, now well-known not only for the beautiful sailboats, but you also have three yachts that enhance the intimate and personalized experience that Windstar is known for. So can you shed a little bit of light on who your typical Windstar guest is and what elements of the new Windstar experience really resonates most with them?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's really uh, interesting, Eric, because... We we have two distinctively different fleets. We have three sailboats and we have three uh, motor yachts, and they are having uh, a little bit of you know, distinctively different uh, guests as well. And so the the typical Windstar guest is really one who'd like to explore the destination, wants to learn more about where we go, and also bring the destination on board. So. With with us, it's all six ships are uh, relatively small, very small in 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 new terms these days. When you look at the mega ships, um, and that allows you to really go deep into the uh, destination and deliver that in a very different way. When you're sort of off the beaten path, when you are. Um, you know connecting really with the locals and learn about their upbringing about how how they live from the destination you are about to visit you bring the culinary on board when it when it comes to our shopping with the chef program and infuse our menus with the local delights which exist in the destination we visit. So that's, that's a uniformed approach. No matter where you go and which ship you choose, you just get immersed uh, in the destination in a, in a very true, uh, and forward way. And I think our guests really seek that. They enjoy the destination. And when, when you're on board any of our ships, it's that personalized service you can get on small ships that really familiar feeling like you're coming home or you're coming home to your family people know what you like people know what you want and it is just like seamless and flawless and there's a certain amount of uh relaxation around that that you don't have to hustle that you don't have to think oh where we're gonna go for dinner tonight oh do we have a reservation no you don't need a reservation and you go for dinner when you feel like you want to go for dinner and, and you don't have to worry about dressing up uh, either, right? Because we, we have a very relaxed dress code, um, but it's all luxurious, but it's just not coming with the pretentiousness and the um, sort of, um, you know, schedules around it. So our guests look for that uh, experience where they have relaxed uh, casual and uh, luxurious amenities and they can really connect with the crew and fellow guests on board those small ships. And we really set a very good platform uh, to allow them to do that.
0: Yeah, that service can always be a difference maker and what really sets people apart. And and you guys have that too. And, And people also love, you know, what's new and stuff. So let's segue there as Windstar recently announced a very exciting itinerary, not typical for traditional cruise lines. So can you share the inspiration behind WinStar's decision for this new itinerary on board the Star Legend, and what unique experiences guests can anticipate through these beautiful, iconic cities that you'll be taking them to.
1: Yeah, we we have now introduced a whole new uh, program on board the Star Legend. We're really excited about it. I mean, this is this is so cool. So for anyone who really wants to see something different at a different time, the Star Legend will be spending the winter of 23 and uh, 24 in the Mediterranean. And we will have seven day cruises from Barcelona to Rome. And now I can think like, well, that's not very different to any anyone else. But what we have done is we've created overnights in Barcelona, overnights in Nice and in Rome, during the winter season. Now think about being in the Mediterranean, during the winter when the temperatures are certainly cooler, when there are fewer crowds and you have access to all these fantastic sites, the Vatican, and you name it, you can go to Monte Carlo and you're not being surrounded by thousands of people, but actually can enjoy the cities, you can enjoy the indoors of museums, of art exhibitions, you can you know, spend Christmas Day in the Vatican, you can spend uh the new year's eve in barcelona watching the beautiful fireworks there's so much really interesting uh things to do in those larger cities and we allow our guests to access them not just by day but also have evening programs available to for them to enjoy so to me this is the perfect way to to see europe in the winter and guess what the air, uh, the fares are super low compared to when you compare it to July, August or the summer when you go to Europe, it just makes it a really uh, interesting destination for the winter to go to. So really excited about it. We've, we've been up for sale already since a couple of weeks and the bookings are very strong. So there's certainly a lot of anticipation uh, on this itinerary and we really look forward to executing it.
0: Hey, that's exciting too, and it's not too cold, you know, during the winter in some of those Mediterranean no. destinations. So, yeah, it's it's totally doable, and it, that's exciting too. And I think people are really going to gravitate and, and love the the fact that it's it's fewer crowds because, man, it was really packed throughout all of Europe and Mediterranean and stuff all, all summer long, and those busy months too. And there wasn't really much of a true shoulder season, if you will, for like September, October. So, I think this is a really good um, option for people who really <laughs> want to see these and not have so many crowds
1: and let's be honest it, it was a i think the hottest summer on record in europe um so you know days with 100 degrees and more in rome it's it's tough to visit a city and then really enjoy the city and walk around and and see the beautiful buildings and really take in that culture when you're in this blazing heat. And I think it will allow you in the winter to do that at a much more comfortable uh pace. And yeah, you have to probably wear a jacket and it's but it's not freezing either. So it's it's a really uh great time to to go there.
0: Definitely. And so you've been cruising, you know, for many years now. So you They've got the lay of the land when it comes to cruising. So, what's your go-to tips for cruisers out there? Whether it's someone coming in for a first-time experience or their repeat ones, what do you like to advise people? You know, before they board.
1: Well, always uh, look out what y- what you really enjoy. What is it? What makes uh, in your own mind uh, vacation enjoyable? Because cruising over the you know last ten years uh, has certainly evolved. It is, uh, there's a lot of niche, uh, cruise lines. There's a, there's a cruise ship for everyone out there. And in my, my advice to everyone is go on a cruise. And if you don't quite know what you want to do, try it out. You will, you will enjoy it because just like we know, like our crew members are coming back, cruising has a hook for guests too. Once you do it, it's, it's just such a fascinating way to see the world and such a comfortable way to see the world. And you will find your ship, like for Winstar, it's small ship cruising, it's much uh, involvement into the destination, it's a very personalized experience and has multiple restaurants and spas and, and uh, is a luxury experience. But there's also other guests who to look for other things. So find out what it is you really seek uh, in your vacation and you will find your cruise with it. I think that would be my advice.
0: Love that. Yeah, that's great insight there, too. Make sure you work with a travel advisor. They're going to steer you, too, in, in the right direction and w- with Winston. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, so a fun one here. We'll just jump. I'm curious on this. Um, if you could build your own cruise ship and money was no obstacle, say you have hit the jackpot lottery or whatever, and you've got all this money in the world, what would be your big must-have feature or amenity for you if you're going to build your own ship?
1: Well, I if I were to build my my own must-have ship feature, I would sort of uh, try to come up with a solution where you have your ship and your shoreside hotel uh, connected, you know, so that you know you would be able to uh, board a ship directly from a shoreside hotel. So you check into the hotel and make that such a cool a uh, new feature as to where you don't have to do transfers in the destination or take uh, buses and and go through terminals. wouldn't it be nice if there is a cruise ship immediately uh, attached to a hotel and you sail away from your hotel? So to me would that be... would be like super smooth, super seamless um, if money were no option.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, build your own hotel and then attach the, the cruise ship right to it. Yeah, if you've got all the money. That, yeah, that would be a, a very luxury experience as well. And you talk about, you know, the the seamless ease of, you know, that people seek these days and the personalized experiences that would, yeah, i that needs to happen now that that's an amazing idea i've never really (laughs) thought of that as like something that would be yeah for me i would probably say give me the best beds that money can buy Uh, i've got a one-year-old going through teething right now he's not sleeping all that great so i guess sleep is on the brain so yeah give me the comfiest bed in the world and yeah uh.
1: yeah you should definitely try out our beds because we we've gotten an amazing uh sleep experience on our fleet and uh I mean, it, it's just like you, my family, they're like, oh my God, yeah, let's go on a ship. We're we going to sleep so well because it's <laughs> such a cool bed. So um, you should come on Insta then, Eric.
0: I definitely need to. It's, it's on the list for sure. So any closing message you'd like to pass along to our listeners as we wrap up here?
1: yeah well um thank you for listening in and uh, i really want to do a big shout out to our travel advisor community for supporting us uh, in uh, so many ways over the years and really have a look at our new cruises in the winter mad have a new look at our new south america cruises which is an amazing uh cruise coming up where you get to see the panama canal the uh machu picchu and galapagos in one cruise and that to me is such a great thing to uh to you know put clients on and and also our guests on so we're seeing already quite some momentum on it have a look at those and yes thank you for all the support and uh and all the great collaboration we've had over the years
0: wonderful thanks so much chris winstarcruises.com make sure you guys check out that and uh chris thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join and talk cruising on the podcast here
1: thank you eric i really appreciate being here and thank you to all the listeners
0: that's all the time we have for this week's show stay tuned for next week we'll be back and we'll be talking about the caribbean so be sure to check that out thanks for listening have a great week